cheers to another episode of the Wine Notes Podcast. I'm your guide, AJ Weinzettel, on this journey of stories showcasing the people behind the wonderful world of wine, where we dive into conversations ranging from terroir, viticulture, to favorite music, superpowers, and more. Please enjoy this episode of the Wine Notes Podcast. Before we get into this week's episode, I want to give a quick shout out to Obane a single vineyard estate of Pinot Noir and Chardonnay located in the Eola Amity Hills for sponsoring the podcast. The winemaker for Aubain is Isabel Mounet. I can talk for the next 30 minutes about how wonderful of a winemaker she is. Isabel helped put Oregon Chardonnay on the map when she worked at Eveningland. Her 2009 Seven Springs La Source Chardonnay was a number three wine in the world from Wine Spectator scoring 97 points. When the Anahata Vineyard was planted in 2015, Isabel was well aware of the vineyard. So when Isabel approached Andy Lytle in 2018 on making a single estate Pinot Noir in Chardonnay from the vineyard, there was no way he could say no. All of the thoughtfulness that has gone into At the Joy, Anahata, and the Winfold Vineyard also extends to Isabel and her husband, being an extended family, to Andy Lytle, which shows up with some gorgeous wines for you to enjoy. You can purchase your bottles of Obain today by visiting their website at obainwine.com and be sure to use promo code WINENOTES for 20% off. That is A-U-B-A-I-N-E-W-I-N-E.com and promo code W-E-I-N-N-O-T-E-S for 20% off until August 5th. Dan, Jean, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having us. Yeah, yeah. For finally, we get some sun out there and like, holy cow. Fantastic. We, yeah, maybe we should be doing this outside. <laughs> that would be nice, but you know, maybe a little bit too much background noise. Okay, fair. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I did bring a little bit of wine for today. Uh, so I will pass it over and let you pour a little bit. All right. Thank you. You're welcome. I... It was so difficult to try to figure out a wine that um, will relate to everybody. And I tried to find something. I mean, I was like, oh, I got to bring bubbles. Uh, but uh, I didn't know what bubbles to bring. <laughs> I, I did have one, and I'm like, eh, no. So I brought this one, and I thought it might have a couple possible connections. Uh, you know, if you want to talk about it, you're more than... Uh, you, you can. If you don't want to say anything, that's fine too. Uh, I will say that I haven't had this wine until about an hour ago. It came upon a very good recommendation. Uh, so I, I think um, I think you'll probably find that it's young. It's wound tight. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what I was. That's what I was told. I was told to hold on to it, but the connection. I thought might hold some, a good little thing. Cool. I'm curious to it's know what it is. It's tasty. It is. Very good. Yeah. Um, we'll start off. So last summer, I noticed that you all had the Kickstarter version of Throw Throw Burrito. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Very observant. <laughs> and so I'm curious, who is the Onion fan? Who isn't the Onion fan? Are both of you the Onion fan? Like, how did you get the Kickstarter version? I believe that this started with Christmas presents. Um, so one, Dan's brother, Matt, and his family really love games. And they have two young boys, our nephews, who are 
they're seven and eight right now. So right. This was a couple years ago. They were a little younger, and so games that they can play that they're both into. Um, you know, throwing burritos really, really felt right for that. So I think I was looking for something that would, they'd be into. Okay. And then it looked like so much fun that we had to have our own. It, it is. It is fun, and it's. it's there's, you know, there's other versions of it. There's a whole yeah. backyard version. Oh, that wow. I haven't safer. seen that one. And you'll literally, the, the burritos are like three and four feet wide. Well, I, I know mean. what they're awesome. getting this Christmas. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and then I noticed uh, about a month or so ago, they came out with uh, burrito sh- um, tortilla shell uh, shields. Wow, cool. <laughs> Incredible. You know, so now you get, you know, burritos coming your way, you can like block it. And it's just... That's perfect. We played it, it one time inside the house, and we cool. almost destroyed the house. I could imagine. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That was people chasing each other down the hallway. There, <laughs> yeah. it, was, it was great it was fun, fun, though. It is a lot of fun. It is a lot of fun. I love um, the the Exploding Kittens company. Yeah, we also have mm-hmm. Exploding Kittens. So yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I follow the guy on Twitter. He he he's he's a good time. He is. He's he's really good. I got my daughter sucked into Exploding Kittens, and we'll have. You know, between the two of us, like a, a half an hour epic game. And it's just like, okay, I'm just going to draw and draw and draw and draw. Yeah. And right before the, the pandemic, they were going to have a, like an exploding kittens uh, convention in Portland. <laughs> I what? don't know how we missed Yes. This. We would have been there. I, I had tickets and, it, you know, it was in like March or April. And of course they had to shut it down. And Did I've just like dress up. I, I guess they're going to dress up. I would have dressed up. I mean, it was the first one ever. And it was kind of like themed of like Burning Man, and they were going to have like a big old cat that they were going to set on fire or something. Oh, it's 2023. It's time to bring that back. It is so time. Yeah, yeah they, they definitely need to bring that back. Um, I have to, we have to go back in time. So you were at a bar drinking a whiskey. Oh, yes, we are going back in time. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I think it was the last word, actually. Nope, it was a Sazerac. A Sazerac. Oh, yes. And uh, you walked up to Jean at the bar. Nope. Nope. Not quite. Oh, okay. Okay. He walked up to the bar that I was at and he sat down and started (laughs) talking to me pretty much right away. Um, Maybe you should tell the story. Oh, I I don't know. How much of the story are we getting into? It's totally up to you. (laughs) All I know is that the bartender totally ignored you. He did. And uh, yeah, I was with another guy that I'd met earlier in the day. And uh, yeah, we, we talked to Jean for a little while and we convinced her to come out with us and, and drink some bubbles. So that's, yes, that is what happened. Very nice. Uh, <laughs> oh, how much bubbles were, were consumed? And like... uh, <laughs> More than should have been consumed. I take probably. the fifth. <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> yeah, it was a pretty crazy night. Well, that's... Um, we were in our 20s. But that's good. Yeah. Yeah. You got to have some fun in San Francisco in your twenties. We, we did that. Yes. Yes. Oh, which kind of leads me into like the dinner parties. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh huh. Okay. If if I'm understanding correctly, you went to your first uh, supper club in Paris. That's that's correct. And just I'm exploring like Midwest Midwest supper clubs right now. Okay. Oh, cool. Oh, uh, so what was the supper club in Paris? What was that like? I mean, it was essentially an underground restaurant. So right. um, I forget the chef's name, but this one actually became fairly famous. And I went and it was just, it was an amazing meal, but it was also really intimate with all these other people there. And 
got to chat and uh, meet everybody, and it was just a lot of fun. So when I met Jean and was trying to get her to date me, I was like, how can I get Jean to spend more time with me? Right. I was like, let's start a supper club. And the way he pitched it to me was, we can buy lots of fancy kitchen equipment. And I said, <laughs> I'm totally in for that. <laughs> so the, the fancy kitchen equipment, I mean, with your mom being so much into baking and doing stuff, is that mm-hmm. kind of like what drew you in? Because kind of growing up in that environment? Um, yeah, I mean... I definitely come from a food family. We are the the family that sits down to breakfast and talks about what we're going to cook for dinner. Okay. And um, we, I mean, our family text chat right now is called gardening competition because we all kind of got into gardening during the pandemic. Dan named it that. Um, we, yeah, I, my mom made most of our food when I was growing up. I mean, she makes bread, she makes jams. I remember going to the, you know, the orchards in this area and picking fruit with her when I was a kid, um, you know, back before it was all sort of suburbs like it is now. Right. Um, and so I just, I, I always, it, it was always a given to me kind of understanding where my food came from. Um, something I always cared a lot about. And so, yeah, that's, I don't know. I just never knew anything else. No, that's, that's cool. So the, the very first supper club that you all did, was it as epic as trying to crush, you know, your, your apples for the first time that weren't ripe enough? (laughs) We, um, it wasn't as much of a disaster as trying to crush the apples that weren't ready to be crushed. Okay. We did a first dinner for friends and family. And that was definitely a smart move. Um, It's really hard to get 12 plates to a table all hot at the same time. Turns out temperature was the hardest thing to do. Right. Um, Yeah, we we kind of started with some friendly faces and started opening it up when they started asking to bring friends. Nice, nice. Uh, Do you know about how how many times you did that? Was it like 20s, 50s, 100s? doubt it was hundreds not not not, no yeah we did it over the span of five years and there were some times when we did more dinners and sometimes when we did fewer um i don't know we probably did dozens yeah probably in the like 30 range that's fun five years yeah yeah yeah. how much of an influence was there in, in you know in the wine side of things yeah that was certainly part of it i mean we did pairings for every course and it was usually a six course meal right and so we would find a wine for each course, and um, that was a lot of fun. That would be a lot of fun. Yeah. Tried to, tried to draw from sort of all the wine regions in the world, so we tried to bring in a lot of stuff that we hadn't tried before, and yeah. it was a good way to explore. Wow. That's, that's amazing. I hadn't heard all the details of the supper clubs before, so yeah. thank you. Um, still kind of going on, I, I got to go on supper clubs a little bit. Um, to me, Trinot is doing an amazing job, but besides, well, okay. Well, you're both like shaking your head. Yes. They, we haven't been to one of their dinners, yeah. unfortunately, oh. yet, but it looks amazing. Oh, and was. everything we've heard. They so, sound amazing. so you know that they're doing like full moon dinners. Yes. Um, I went to the pink moon one earlier this month. Cool. It was amazing. Um, and then in October, doing a week-long Croatia trip oh, nice. for them. It's it's going to be, you know, they're going to teach us how to cook on fire. Amazing. And, yeah. Wow, that's so cool. Yeah. 
Uh, but besides Trinod, is there anybody else that you're aware of that's doing good supper clubs? I don't know anybody out here. Um, yeah, I don't either. The, I think the, I mean, the way that Trinod is doing them is different than the way that we did them. I mean, we were, we were really like in a legal gray area, I think. Well, I'm, I'm sure. Right, right, um, right. <laughs> It's kind of underground. But, I, yeah, I, I think, yeah. you know, now there are lots of private chefs that are doing great events. Um, right. You know, Stacy and Joey from Parallel PDX do some really fun events. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I think that's kind of the direction it's gone. I, I love that chefs right now are doing creative things and they're trying new concepts and it doesn't have to be forever. It doesn't have to be a, you know, brick and mortar restaurant. Right. Um, I think we're going to see a lot of really interesting stuff in the next few years. Exactly. And in June, Okta is doing their their solstice Mm -hmm. did you get tickets we are actually going to be part of the event (gasps) saturday or sunday um definitely sunday uh we're still waiting on some of the details for saturday okay yeah yeah no at nine o'clock in the morning i was like (laughs) (laughs) and it it was still nine o'clock boom sold out yeah and you didn't get a ticket i got tickets for sunday oh great yeah yeah after emailing them i was like but i was like right there and Yes, so Sunday. Awesome. So, yeah. yeah, it's going to be a great time. Really yeah. excited about it. I can't it. wait to, to see you. That'll be, that'll be fun. Yeah. Um, so launched in 2020, and now we're like three years later. Holy cow. Like, um, I, it seems like that, you know, you've done a great job of, you know, phase one of collecting all the underpants. <laughs> <laughs> It was our goal in life. Thank you. Yeah. Glad to have that recognized. Uh, phase two, you're, you are just going gangbusters. Thank you. And it's, it's amazing to see. And um, it, in talking with uh, some of the other, you know, other uh, industry people, people are looking up to you as like leaders. And it's, well, you're blazing a trail and it's, it's absolutely wonderful to see. It, it, it really is. I mean, we're, we're super excited that more people are starting to make bubbles. That was part of the idea. Yeah. Um, yeah. That, you know, obviously it can't just be us doing this. And there are so many sites to explore and so many things that we can all learn about bubbles if everybody's kind of jumping in. Yeah. And I think that, that phase two of, of question mark, right, I think it's been going on for quite some time. Uh, so I'm curious, the day that you called Gene... And said, hey, do you still want to make wine? <laughs> um, I'm curious, like, were you at work? Or, I mean, were both of you at work and you got a call? And, like, what? How yeah, was... I was I was at work. Uh, I had been putting some inquiries in to, to get some fruit. And, like, I'm at my desk and I get a call and take it. And it's like, okay. And I say yes. But... And then I call Jean. It's like, do you still want some fruit? <laughs> <laughs> but I knew she would say yes. Like we we love to do things and build things, and it just seemed like a crazy fun experiment. But yeah, and we I mean we started small. It didn't yeah. feel quite as small when the grapes showed up because two tons of grapes is like I didn't know how to conceptualize that before right. they showed up, and it's it looks like a lot of grapes. It, it, was, does. it was maybe um, more than we needed for a, a experiment in the garage type of thing. It, <laughs> It definitely was a large experiment, right? Um, but it was, yeah. I mean, why not try something new? You know, you you have to. Yeah. 
in that I, I know coming from like the tech background, it's all about experimentation and whatnot. But growing up was like, it, did your parents have any influence on that whole experiment mindset? What, or, you know, just like, ooh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, my parents like own their own business and, you know, my dad is very much a like go out and do it yourself type of person. Um, you know, build things, accomplish things like you can, you can do anything type of thing. Uh, I mean, yeah, my, my dad's a software engineer and he was always encouraging us to take stuff apart and see how it worked. And, um, my mom is very creative. I mean, she bakes and cooks obviously, but she's also very artistic and, um, you know, musical. And so my parents really encouraged me to, uh, pursue creative pursuits too. So you right. know, music and art and dance and all the things. That That's fun. So, so dance wise, I'm just, I'm curious because I have a 14 year old <laughs> <Okay>. in ballet. Oh, <laughs> uh, you can dance for us, Jean. No, I, um, <laughs> no, I took ballet and jazz when I was pretty young and I, I stopped at the point where, um, in ballet, you get to a point where you get to move on to point shoes. Right. And my dance teacher pulled my mom aside and was like, she can't do point. Her ankles aren't flexible enough. And that is definitely true. It, um, I'm glad that she didn't let me try right. to do it. I think I would have really injured myself. Right. Um, but yeah, that ended my dance career. Well, I'm sorry to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> no, but once you get into point, it is, it's intense. Yeah. yeah. The, the culture of ballet is very intense. Yes, it is. It's oof. Um, so future experiments, like what, what are we, what are we getting into? Like, I, I think I've heard, like you talked about some, like some reserved wines. Mm. Um, I mean, yeah. I, I feel like the vineyard is the big experiment right now. For sure. Yeah. Uh, um, it's kind of taking everything that we've learned over the last few years working in the community here and trying to build something from the ground up for sparkling, at, uh, in terms of planting and, um, you know, h- how we approach the vineyard side of it. I think that, yeah, the tricky thing about the vineyard is, and the tricky thing with any, you know, sort of slow growing perennials that you get, you plant and then you see what you kind of get out of it years later. Yes. <laughs> and <laughs> so we don't have a lot of cycles to spend on this, but, um, you know, we're going to try and phase it out a little bit so we can you know, learn even more about what is happening at our specific site. Right. Um, I think we have a pretty decent sense of how it will behave because Catrell Brothers is just up the road and we've been working with them since 2017. Um, but yeah, other experiments. Here's an experiment you might geek out on. So we, one of the blocks, well, we're, we're doing some different basalt blocks in the vineyard, but one of them we're working with Foundation Plant Services in California. Right. Uh, and a lot of the champagne houses that had operations in California brought in a lot of like champagne clones. And for whatever reason, they're not very like widely planted here and they're kind of just in the nursery type of thing. A lot of them haven't even been brought up here. So we're building a saw block with all of these different clones that have been imported, you know, with the idea of like these are kind of sparkling clones. Ooh. And we'll be doing like some different trials and experiments with those, which is going to be fun, I think. That would be very fun. But, yeah. You know, check back in like eight years. For the 
Well, I know you have like a 50-year plan, so. I mean, we no, a... we called it our 50-year project. Oh, I'm that sorry. That does not mean we have a 50-year plan. <laughs> <laughs> the, okay. I mean, the plan is eventually we get to phase three, but, you know. Yeah, I mean, eventually, yeah. It, it all takes time. It's... Yeah. Yeah. Um, so just in case, you know, not everybody else knows, the last year you bought 57 acres mm-hmm. in the Ola Amity Hills. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've you know, uh, are in the process of getting the land ready. You got a fence up and... Fence is we not have... up yet. Oh, fence. Oh, I thought the fence <laughs> was... The oh, wait. Materials up, are on site. Up until okay. a couple days yeah. ago, it was mud just everywhere. Oh, I can imagine. Yeah, this so, rain has been... Intense. But yeah, yeah, it's drying out quick. Well, good. So. Good. And hopefully this spring, maybe get some plants in the ground. It's going to be a very busy next few months. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Everything is... The... Now that it's sunny, it's... Uh, it, it, it's go time. Yeah, it is. Yeah, vines are coming in two weeks now, and mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. So I, I always spread a bunch of rumors about, you know, people, you know, making sparkling. Mm-hmm. You're obviously already making sparkling. So the rumor that I'm going to start spreading about you is that you're going to build like, you know, 10 miles of underground cellars, oh, yeah, yeah. you know, <laughs> of, of tunnels and everything. <laughs> and yeah, you're going to have so many tunnels for everybody to explore and and need one of those boring machines we do the the soil at our property is pretty rocky and um every time we have an excavation guy up there to look at it they're like this is going to be real expensive there are a lot of rocks in here (laughs) so no digging tunnels isn't isn't my favorite right now but we'll see how you never know where the future takes you all right well you know some of the rumors will come true maybe in eight years so we'll see (laughs) stay tuned um I assume, uh, you know, Jessica Cortell is going to, is helping. Yep. Um, and on your website, you talk about, you know, doing regenerative, uh, farming practices. Mm-hmm. Are you going to get certified or just like do biodynamic type practices? I think the, I mean, the certification, the value is being able to tell people you're certified. Um, right. I think that, you know, certainly we will adopt the practices. Uh, I don't know if getting certified is all that important to us. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's a budget thing. Well, it, and it's also a, it's like, it's hard to do everything from day one. And right. there are a lot of things that, you know, we'd like to do that you kind of have to layer in over time, particularly things like, you know, using animals to help manage the property. Right. I can't, we can't do that on day one. So, um, we need some time to get where we would put a barn still has stumps everywhere. So (laughs) there's like just logistical factors involved, but yeah, we're, we just got our address like two weeks ago. So that's, that's where we're at right now. That's exciting. Yeah. Yeah. We'll we'll be essentially practicing organic and like no till from day one. Right. And then, yeah, working to bring in animals, but we're kind of like still in that kind of like question mark of like how do we actually do that and talking to people and learning and uh you don't even have a vineyard dog yet well that's what i was getting ready to ask yeah Yeah, that was the next question of like where where, you know what what kind of vineyard dog are you going to get well uh, you know we've been talking about this for years okay (laughs) is it going to be really wants a doodle mix and so then i was suggesting an aussie doodle to be able to like have some herding instinct right but i don't know yeah, I don't know. We need um, a fence first. We don't have a fence. That's kind of where the discussion always comes back to is we need a fence. Right. And 
yeah, we're almost I, there. I thought you might get like a King Charles Spaniel or something. <laughs> <laughs> we can borrow yours. Yes, he would go crazy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, do you all get any sleep at all with everything going on? sleep pretty well. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, we do. Uh, yes, there's a lot going on, but I think we're, we kind of block and tackle. Like we're, we're, we're dividing and conquering right now. Yeah. It helps to have two people. Definitely. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So. Most definitely. Yeah. I think, you know, and it's, wine is, is great cause it's really seasonal. And so you kind of get to recharge over the winter. We get to take a couple trips and, you know, just sort of sleep a little more. And we know that the summer is going to be crazy and we're going to start tastings again next month. And we're, you know, things are, things are ready to go. Right. Um, so we won't sleep that much for the next few months, but after that we'll get to sleep again. Well, that's good. Winter hi- hibernation, right? Absolutely. Right. Yes. Yeah. Are you going to have some sort of like gravel bike path or something on the property? <laughs> we're talking about There's... making some tra- some walking trails, but uh, the good hiking the, spots are really steep. It's a, there's a logging road that kind of goes down the steep western side of the property right now, and we right. walked it a couple days ago, and we we tracked it on Strava just to see how far it was and how long it took us. It took us a long time, and it was 0.88 miles. <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> yeah, it's like, like wow, it's like 50 percent slope yeah. in some places. So. Holy cow! Yeah, uh, but it is really beautiful. There's like tons of old oak and you know interesting plants back there and mm-hmm. um yeah it's gonna lots be a cool trail lots of deer that is that is cool yeah, but um, I'd, I'd love to have like a great gravel trail to the old amity hills and like stay off the roads where right all of the crazy people drive you know who's the right person to ask about these trails is jessica cortell because oh. she has her like secret hiking trails I think she's yeah, got we, the we probably can't publish that on the uh... oh, sorry. No, we might, we might there are no secret out. hiking trails. there are none yeah it's no um you know but speaking of jessica cortell and biking um and I, I know earlier you mentioned uh piper's coming over for dinner later on mm-hmm. kenny's coming over mm-hmm. they're both bicyclists yeah why i don't i don't understand why we don't have like a a wine industry bicycling. Well, there uh, is a Max Cycling Club ride this weekend, which uh, yes, I'm, I'm also going to pressure uh, Piper <laughs> and Ben to come to. I mean, that was the first time I met Piper and Ben was going on a Mac oh, okay. uh, club ride, and like so we were talking, and then like after about an hour, we like figured out that we both worked in wine, and <laughs> it was kind of funny. That is funny. I met Piper on a bike ride too. Actually, Dan was like, I met this woman on this other ride. You need to go riding her with her next weekend. And so I showed up. I was like, I don't even know who I'm meeting here. But yeah. Dan kind of set that up. That's great. Yeah. 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 No, it'd be good cool, to... Cool community out here. I've been mm-hmm. biking with Jessica, too. Right. Um, yeah, we should all get out. Let's do a ride. I... We need to get, like, a group text going or something. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, I know a couple years ago, Dan, you were working on an AI project. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, one, I'm curious, you know, if you can say what the project was and then like, what is your whole take on like in the last couple months, just the AI boom that's happened. And uh, yes, I know this doesn't refer to wine, but no, I no, got to no, geek out on AI tech. Stuff is really, really interesting. I mean, Gene and I always like have little like side projects going and, and, right. and 
Um, tech is, you know, still an interest of mine. And so for a while, I've been working on a language learning app that uses AI to like teach you, you know, language and um, kind of geared towards like people who are intermediate and want to get to like more fluency because a lot of the apps don't help you do that. Right. So been using things like ChatGPT and GPT three since it was out, and it's it's just amazing what it can do now. It's, it's crazy. Yeah, just mind blowing. So <laughs> I have no idea what's going to happen over the next couple of years, but like I I don't know that people are ready for it. It's it's crazy. It is absolutely crazy. Uh, I I've got no great insights though about what's going to happen other than it's going to change everything. Gene's Jean, a little bit more skeptical. I'm a, I'm a little more skeptical. I, um, I think it's changing things differently than we might have expected. I mean, I so I used to earn my living as a freelance writer, and I always felt like that was a very safe kind of thing to be doing because you could never replace a human writing. Like, sure, <laughs> that's like the first thing that got that happened, and so right. um, you know, I think. We all thought that that robots would come in and automate all the like mechanical tasks, right. and that is Those are, like, much further ones. from happening. Um, and so I think, you know, it, it's just going to take a while for us all to kind of digest how things will change. But I, I do think that even for things like writing, you still need you still need somebody to babysit the AI. You still need a human right. kind of. Yeah. running things and making decisions about what what content you use and what you don't and what's good and what's not and so right. um you know you can have ai just sort of generate stuff ad nauseum but the the discernment function is definitely not automated in my mind so um you know it's hard to imagine that getting like turning into a technological function for me yeah it, it is it's been very interesting just to to play with it and see what it could possibly do mm -hmm. um i do a a weekly lunch and learn for, for my day gig and i told chat gpt to you know write this code you know that i was very specific and it gave me a hundred percent of the code correctly out of the box it ran yeah and you know, presenting that at the lunch and learn as well. They're like, holy chamoles. Mm -hmm. um, but I think, you know, in, in general, even like with that code and anything that is um, uh, text-based that is generated, it provides a good foundation, but it still needs, it needs, it's still rough around the corners. There's, there's a few iterations that need to happen for sure. Yeah. I mean, the thing that, that worries me about that is the, like the you know copywriting or code generation is sort of like what you do when you're new in a, like when you're right out of college and you're in a job and you're sort of like a lower level employee right that's what you're doing and then you have a supervisor kind of like guiding you through why what you've done is good or bad um and if those jobs get replaced by ai how do people get from college to like being able to sort of babysit what the AI is doing. I don't, I'm not totally sure about that. You know, I'm, I'm not sure either, but I, I know for me growing up, uh, calculators were not allowed in school at all. Mm -hmm. And now calculators are like, Oh yeah, psh, 
you need to know what two plus two is. Okay, well, go for it. <laughs> you know, so it, it's it's interesting, and I know it's that it was a, a longer topic than we spent on anything else. So I should probably get back to wine. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I guess maybe the question is, what is AI going to automate in the wine world? I don't. I tried know. to get it to. I tried to get it to write some newsletter content for us, and it was awful. AI needs to learn a lot more about sparkling wine. It, I, we could really use an AI that cleans barrels too. Yeah. Cleans barrels and tanks. <laughs> right? That's the one. That, that's the thing I, yeah. I need. Yeah. Just create some you know little nanobots that go inside oh, the barrel yeah. and just clean it all. <laughs> yeah. Terroir nanobots. <laughs> um, last year I interviewed uh, Andy Lytle for for the podcast, and I was always setting up. You know, he he mentioned that he talked to the both of you, and so this was I think around February ish. I would assume, again, this is a big assumption, that it was a typical example of the Oregon wine community kind of helping one another out. Um, and I know, I, I guess just point blank, right? What are some other collaborations that the two of you have done in the Oregon wine industry to kind of help help build up the, the community? I mean, everybody talks to everybody and we've been working alongside Andy for several years at, at Winters Hill right um, and so I mean he's like learned a lot from him and especially um, as we were evaluating the vineyard he was his guidance was helpful um, I mean obviously Andrew Davis has been a big part of our story of course um, I would also say I mean like so we, we have decided to start incorporating a little bit of new oak into our barrel program. And so we went and did some barrel tasting this winter with a few winemakers. Yeah, I, I feel like we also need to call up folks at Winters Hill, you know, mm -hmm. Russell and, um, you know, people like Jason who were working there before. Mm -hmm. um, hugely helpful and just kind of, you know, helping round out our winemaking. Right. Um, yeah. I, the, the industry here has been so helpful. You know, I think we're just getting to the point where now we can start to, like, help other people. So, like, I got the first call the other day. It's like, somebody asked for advice on something. And, like, <laughs> I, like, ran out to Gene. like, yeah. Gene, somebody asked us for advice. Can you believe it? so weird. <laughs> That's awesome. No, but, um, you know, I, I always try and invite – we always try and invite, like, people out for tastings. Like, I think mm -hmm. we're making – you know, some the most we're making a lot of different lots of base wine out at Winters Hill, and so you know, it's, I think it's important. I mean, we try and go around and taste with people, but also like invite other people up to come and taste because, like, that's how we build that knowledge, that's how we build the Oregon kind of idea of what, what Oregon sparkling is. And so, right. um, Thomas Hausman, for a long time when he worked at Anna would organize these base wine tastings where everybody would go and like taste each other's wine and you know, you would learn a lot from that. Super um, and we really need to kind of keep that whole spirit moving and probably get that back on track. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I think it's, it's very important. I mean, we all, we have read all the stories of, you know, the pioneers of Oregon starting out and everybody working together. And it's interesting to hear some of the, um, some of those pioneers say, you know, the Oregon wine spirit is kind of like eh, dwindling away. But I think they're, they're just, they're seeing a totally different perspective and viewpoint because I see a bunch of, 
you know, smaller people, you know, yeah. uh, banding together, you know, and just keeping that spirit alive. I mean, over the Memorial Day weekend, they're doing an indie winemakers mm-hmm. kind of thing. And that's awesome. I mean, that's yeah. like, that's like, that's the spirit of Oregon right there. Absolutely. Excited about that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I have some rapid fire questions. And then we can dive into the blind wine a little bit if you want to. Sure. All right. Uh, who is your favorite artist to listen to during harvest? I, I always put on Eye of the Tiger when yeah. we're like rolling in the morning. All right. That's perfect. Yeah, that is great. My vote too. Uh, favorite indulgent food? Dan makes eggs Benedict that I quite enjoy. It's uh, the Hollandaise master. Oh, nice. It's one of my favorites. You know, one food that we don't eat enough of, probably for good reason, is foie gras. I, I love a good, good tranche of foie gras. It's, yeah, it's, uh, it's one of those things that I like other people to prepare for me. Yeah, I, yeah. no, I, I can Restaurant understand. Restaurateurs and Dundee Newberg. <laughs> yeah. You've heard it here. Add it to your menu. Uh, oh, if you could choose a superpower, what would it be? I would like to be able to teleport myself because then I would never have to sit on a plane again <laughs> oh, or traffic or anything. Yeah. Yes. Oh my gosh. Teleportation just for 99. Oh <laughs> yes, please. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go back to my cleaning barrels. It'd be just like <laughs> wave my hand and have barrels cleaned. <laughs> I, I don't know. No, I think that would, that would be, that would be awesome. Uh, favorite superhero. I knew you were going to ask this, so I did some research. Uh-oh. Um, there's a superhero called Moon Girl, who is the, she's like the smartest girl in the world, and also she has a pet dinosaur that has teleported in from the Jurassic era, and she can switch brains with the dinosaur at will, and that sounds so awesome. So, Moon Girl. <laughs> why, why would you want to switch brains with a dinosaur at the drop of it? Why wouldn't you? That's, it's just like. I mean, then you get to be the dinosaur? Is yeah. that what happened? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I wouldn't mind stopping. Okay, yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah, I would love to be a dinosaur. Yes, yes. Yeah. That, okay. Hey, you know, I decided that I'm not really a superhero person. I'm, I'm more of like a James Bond type of person. Like That works. He drinks champagne. He drinks <laughs> martinis. Like, he travels the world. And he kicks, kicks I, ass, I prefer, right? I prefer my martinis stirred, not shaken, but, you know. Okay. All right. Can't have everything. Okay, so would you choose James Bond or uh, Jason Bourne? Uh, Bourne has too many like mental problems. Like, okay, <laughs> I don't know. All right, there James it is. Bond is very unbothered by life. Yeah. Yes. Uh, harvest notes are they digital or handwritten? Digital. The, yeah. the The secret of winemaking is that there's a spreadsheet for everything. Right. That's especially for sparkling. Yeah, we have yeah. a massive production spreadsheet every year. Yeah. Well, I could only imagine. Oh, uh, I assume it's a Google Doc. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh. Uh, so last book you read, or it could be an audible book or podcast. Um, I'm trying to remember the title. I finished the book last night. Oh. Uh, it's called, it's something that my mom gave me for Christmas. It's called Small Things Like These. Okay. I haven't heard of that one. Yeah. I just read, uh, I think, did you recommend it? I did. Um, no. You rec- Trust? Any, no, no, no. I'm no. not done with it. Oh. Tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow. Okay. It's about these like video game creators and kind of this 
like intermixed love story and um you it, recommended it to me yeah i, I recommended it, it to you but it's it's essentially about you know a, a novel about these people creating games in the 90s um and it's it's fascinating and fun and i'll have to check very, that one very out enjoyable if you yeah. ever played games like you know, Doom or Commander Keen. No, never. I've never played any of those games. <laughs> <laughs> yes, no. Um, so the new Zelda Tears of the Kingdom is getting ready to come out in a couple of weeks. And my daughter's like, I can't wait. <laughs> I got her hooked. So it's, yes. Cool. Yeah. Uh, shall we dive into the, to the wine? Yeah. All right. Okay. So I will say I had never heard of this producer. And then when I went to Okta, Ron at, uh, you know, the, the Psalm, mm-hmm. Somali at Okta, came up to me as I was leaving, and he's like, you got to try this wine. And I'm like, okay. And then he said, oh, oh. Seth Morgan Long is the winemaker. Oh. Yeah. Wow. Um, what's the label name again? Uh, N-I-E-W. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Yeah, so the, I I figured I know that you like Seth Morgan Long's mm-hmm. wines, and you know the Okta connection, and kind of try to bring it all together. Nice. What vineyard is this from? Do you know? It's uh, it's the NIE uh, in their their vineyard. It's yeah. in the McMinnville area. I thought it was Shehalem. Okay. No, Eola Amity. I'm Eola sorry. Amity. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Very cool. Neighbors, we should go say hi. We should. Yeah. No, he uh, he's I think he's also from Tech. And, you know, uh, is taking care of the vineyard himself. I think it's on its fourth or fifth, fifth leaf and uh, just doing some, some great stuff. I reached out to, to taste and he's like, oh, it's already, you know, sold to wine shops and all that good fun stuff. And, but he's like, I'm going to be dropping it off at E&R on Friday. You know, go grab some. Mm-hmm. And so I did. Nice. And so. Very cool. Well, thank you for bringing it. It's very yeah. tasty. Thanks for sharing it. Yeah. No, thank you. Do you have any questions or anything for me or anything else that I should bring up? I feel like we should turn the, the rapid fire questions around. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> go for it. Which superhero would you be? Oh boy. Superhero. Uh, you know, Superman is always a good one, you know, but Dr. Strange is, you know, right there, you know, a little bit of the, I, yeah, I'll go with Dr. Strange. Okay. Yeah. Well, and favorite superpower? Teleportation. Teleportation. Yes. That would be awesome. That would be awesome. Yeah, no, teleportation just to be able to just go anywhere at any time. Star Trek or Star Wars? Star Trek. (laughs) Without a shadow of a doubt. (laughs) Cake or pie? Uh, I'd probably go cake. Oh, but you're kind of on the fence. That's interesting. Usually people are very clearly in one camp or the other. You know, it, it, it kind of depends on the mood. Okay. But, you know, I, I could definitely definitely go either way. Uh, down deep, it would probably be like a cheesecake. Okay. Just boom. That, that, would, be, that would be it right there. Cool. Yeah. And favorite indulgent food? Fried chicken. Fried chicken. Oh, my. And not just any fried. I mean, it's got to be... Like down south, deep deep down south fried chicken. Mm-hmm. It has to have all the grease. It has to be mm-hmm. artery clogging with biscuits and. All right. Good. Then the obvious next question is: Do you have a favorite hot sauce? Um. It, it depends. Uh, not really. 
Uh, if I want to go like on the deep end, you know, the Apollo hot sauce on hot wings, you know, just a drop or two in that okay. in something just like it's so, oh, so overpowering. Uh, but, uh, you know, there's, there's a, a brand called Truff. They have like a pasta sauce and uh, like a mayonnaise and everything, but they also have their own hot sauces. And I've been playing around with those a little bit. Cool. I'll have to check that out. Yeah. Phew, I passed. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. All right. All right. Well, anything else? No. no. Thank you for having us. Thanks. Yeah, no, yeah. this was great. I really appreciate you taking the time today. All right. Thank you.